Hello, and welcome to the Michigan Murders. I'm Laura. And I'm Stephanie. And it's a no bones day today. Uh, no bones. Which I didn't know if it was until you told me, but I could feel it. You can feel it in your bones. <laughs> I, could fe- I could feel it in my bones that this day had no bones. Oh, for sure. I, I knew it. I was just hanging out in the living room with Joey earlier today, and he threw a bottle across the house. My, my eyes all swollen. Oh, no. Just nailed me square in the eye. It hurt so bad. <laughs> God darn you, no bones. <laughs> and children. <laughs> Fuck those kids. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> No, Liam's, uh, he's finally started to lose teeth. Like, they were just sticking around for a really long time. And I'm like, all right, do I have to go to the dentist? Because they're starting to, like, crowd in. Oh, no. And he hadn't lost any teeth yet. Well, all of a sudden, it was like one came out last week. But he he had no idea that he lost a tooth. He came home looking like a hillbilly. And I was like, son, <laughs> you have a gap in your mouth. Where did the tooth go? Oh, I don't know. So he had to write the tooth fairy a note explaining that he lost his tooth. And uh, yeah, now he's got another one. It's one of the front teeth that will every once in a while just stick almost like angled way out of his mouth. <laughs> and right next to that is the gap. So he's going to lose two teeth right next to each other, like at the same time. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, now his mouth is just going to look all messed up for a while. oh it's been yeah it's been an ultimate no bones day that's for sure (laughs) i had a really good bones day the other day and then today had to ruin it for me this dog is taking the internet by storm that's for sure my entire tiktok feed is bones day or no bones day yeah like what kind of day are we gonna have well what did the pug say you left berries and cream TikTok to, to get on no bones TikTok. Uh, you know, I don't mind it. If there was going to be a thing that we're all kind of obsessed with or culturally, like a lot of people will know what you're talking about if they've seen TikTok at all or if they see like one of the videos online of them talking about it. It's something we can get behind. It's just a pug. That's going to decide whether he wants to get up or not that day. Yeah, I actually saw a TikTok of a lady, a young mom, who was having a really rough spot. She didn't know how her bills were going to be paid. She didn't know anything. And she was actually contemplating, you know. Oh. And she went into the... We just had a Bones Day, and she went to the gro- the gas station, and her son and said that he had wanted, like, gummy bears or something. I can't remember. And she said she looked over at the lottery, and she was like, no. You know, growing up, your mom had a really bad gambling addiction and just kept buying lottery tickets. You don't need it. Mm-hmm. Then she thought to herself, well, it's a Bones Day. I'll just get one. <laughs> she won half a million dollars. No way. So she's like, thank you, Doodle. <laughs> like, that's amazing. This dog is an oracle. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> well, for one person, not for everybody right. else that bought a lottery ticket. Day, but. Right. <laughs> he did help one person where she went, you know what? This pug says to treat myself today. So, <laughs> so this week, both of these cases have someone with the last name of Walker. And I can't remember who is first. So I can probably check that really quick. I think you were first last time, but I need to verify. Okay. All right. You were first last time. Okay. So I guess this is on me now. Fine. This whole case was a shit show. And there were a lot of quotes uh, because there was a lot of video of this guy. And the stuff that he says, it's like, yeah, we'll get there. Let me just get started. On July 30th, 2016, when Heather Young, a 42-year-old mother of three from Marshall, was in Onaway with her boyfriend, Terry Gary, to meet his daughter, Allie, and her husband and kids for the first time. Yes, his name is Terry Gary. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say that's an interesting name. So every time I say his name, I just want to do, you say the full thing. Terry Gary. What's Terry Gary doing these days? (laughs) Uh, I just couldn't reading that. I was like, well, we're off to a good start. The trip was supposed to be a chance for Terry's family to get to know Heather. But within days of arriving in Onaway, those plans completely fell apart when the couple began fighting. Things weren't working out, and Allie asked to have Terry and Heather leave. Terry sided with his daughter and stayed in Onaway, and Heather said she would be going home to her mom, Gail, who lived 300 miles away. However, Heather Young never makes it. Um, oh, and with the case, too, it's like, well, he sided with his daughter. You can't really blame him too much, because we don't know what the fight was about, but... If it was enough to make the daughter kick you out upon, you know, your first time meeting her, it probably wasn't good. Yeah. Heather's mother, Gail Walker, which there there are two people in the story with the last name Walker. Mm. So it's like triple, triple walkers. I was really confused when I first read it. So I was like, is that, is that right? Is her name also Walker? Yeah, apparently. Heather's mother, Gail Walker, reported her daughter missing, and it wasn't long before police discovered something that scares her mother. Heather's car abandoned in an on-away parking lot. Police soon zero in on the small town's popular watering hole, the Cabin Bar and Grill. Now, I don't know if you know much about Onaway or where that is, but it's a pretty small town. Like, mm. maybe, I don't know, 800 people? Oh, wow. It's not, it's not a big place. Unless you've seen the Brubaker commercials from the Brubakers in Anui. That one. <laughs> I think I actually have now that you said that. We, we would see that a lot around here. I don't even know if they're still actually open. They may have closed, but it's stuck in my head. Kind of like Ebel, Ebel's General Store. That one. In beautiful downtown Falmouth. We get, <laughs> we get that one a lot. <laughs> Detective Rule, who worked the case, said, This is a small village. People know everyone. It's safe here. We're relatively crime-free. With Heather Young's fresh breakup with Terry Gary, she soaks up some alcohol in the comfort of strangers. And as a side note, 
most of us ladies know that it can be really dangerous to go drink by yourself, even in a small town, maybe especially depending on where you are and, you know, you're not from there. You don't know these people like everyone else knows these people. So, you know, you you do it the fun way where you get a drink, like you buy alcohol and you go to a hotel and you just drink by yourself. <laughs> That's right. my tip. But... Like, side note to the side note, I'm not blaming Heather at all for any of this. I'm not victim blaming. This is more like when you see what other people do and you go, oh, okay, that's, I probably shouldn't do that if I also want to stay safe. But not blaming Heather. She just had a situation with Terry where she was going to be leaving him. And she had come in here before with him. So she was comfortable here, Detective Rule said. While there, Heather talks about the situation to a kindly older gentleman named Brenton Walker. Bar owner Daniel Starks told Crime Watch Daily, Her and her boyfriend had gotten into a fight. She needed somewhere to stay, and he said, Well, I have an extra room. Since it was late, Walker's kindness probably seemed like a relief. The next day, Walker was back at the cabin bar and grill. When being teased by two women at the bar about taking Heather home the night before, Walker said nothing happened and that Heather left without saying a word the next morning before he woke up. Investigators got useful information from the old man going over the property and walking around. Police believed Brenton Walker might be the last person to see Heather Young alive. Brenton Lee Walker, a.k.a. Brent Walker, a.k.a. Cowboy Brent. Oh, wow. No idea how he got that one. Uh, It's an interesting nickname. You're from Michigan. You're not a cowboy. No. <laughs> Rhinestone cowboy? Is that a thing? <laughs> I just want to sing that song now. He was born March 10th, 1961. Turns out his criminal history went back over 30 years. It included such gems as three previous felony convictions, fraud charges in 1981, felony theft in 2004, uh, for which he served just under three years. And this doesn't include the four misdemeanors, which included attempted assault with a dangerous weapon in 1988. So the nice older gentleman wasn't so nice. In 2016, Walker, 55, was living at his brother's trailer with about 80 acres in Millersburg, about nine and a half miles from Onaway, and was going through his fourth divorce. Mm. Probably because he was a piece of shit, but right. I digress. On a recorded call with police, Walker insists his motivations with Heather were platonic. All we did was have some drinks, that's it. Had some drinks and we talked. It was mostly her talking, that's it. She was talking about him. Uh, And that's in reference to Terry Gary, her now ex-boyfriend. She was really afraid and I don't know why. She didn't want to go back, that's for damn sure. Oh, trying to turn it around, huh? Yeah. And in their search for Heather, police next questioned Terry Gary. However, after the interrogation, they no longer consider Terry Gary a suspect. That is partly because of the suspicion that Walker knows more than he told police. With additional questioning over the phone, Walker gets mad and hangs up on the police. (laughs) He basically just says, I don't want to do this anymore. And he he hangs up on the detective. Uh, I mean, well within his rights, but... You know, still a jerk. Right. 
A detective rule then believes Heather Young is not just a missing person, and a search warrant proves Brenton Walker isn't the nice older gentleman he was portraying himself to be. So up until that point, you know, they don't know where she is, they think she's just missing, and now they're suspecting foul play. During a search of his brother's home, Walker stayed quiet, but police found evidence. We had found the firearms, said Detective Roll. There was a significant amount of blood found in the trailer. And disturbingly, a burn pit right outside Walker's front door that, when searched, detectives found buttons, some human bones, and Heather Young's jewelry. Oh, surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Essentially, she was given a leather necklace with a cross by an ex. And the ex had a picture, was able to identify that that was hers. They also found a firearm. Detective Rule said it was the only firearm in the house we found. That seemed to be a trigger because you could see in his face. Okay, now they've got the gun, they've got the case. All these people are walking around in booties and whatnot. So that's when I think it really started to sink in with him. Walker was then put in handcuffs and eventually confessed to the police. And there's actually um, footage of this. One of the officers at the time started recording it as they had found stuff. Then they start questioning him and he basically starts spilling it all. It's kind of crazy to watch in the videos. He's just walking around cuffed talking about what's going on. Hmm. It just fucking happened. I snapped. That's what Walker says. Somehow in Walker's mind, Heather became every woman who ever did him wrong. He is quoted as saying, no woman will ever in my life try and do something like that to me again. In one version I heard, he tried to kiss Heather and she, you know, yelled at him, told him to go away. And that like flipped his switch or something because he spends all this time listening to her and then he just gets angry. Detective Rule says, she kept talking about her ex-boyfriend, her boyfriend's situation, and blaming the boyfriend, blaming the boyfriend, and this, according to Brenton, just brought up a rage that was inside of him, because he felt that women that he'd been with before had blamed him. Probably, I wonder why. Probably good reason, <laughs> cowboy right. Brent, because you've been divorced four times. That means you are the problem. There's a common denominator here. Yeah. Walker said... And she came in and started doing that right off the bat, and it just triggered something. I didn't plan it. All I did, walk out in the front room, straight to a gun. Got it. Shot her in the fucking leg. She tried to hobble. He then decides to, you know, bind her leg, as if that's normal, and he's going to take her to the hospital or whatever. So one version I heard was that she, um, like, shoves him away. I heard she had mace in one story, tries to get away, get to her vehicle. And at that point, he shoots her in the chest. He said, she came outside. When I realized she came outside, came out here, shot her in the fucking chest, knowing I was going to kill her. I had no choice then. It was already no point of return. (laughs) Walker later admitted to how he disposed of her body. Well, this is uh, not great either. He said, The fire was going. I remember putting her in the fire because I wanted her to still pay. Psycho. Yeah. 
Walker claims to have left Heather Young's body to burn for 18 hours. Then he came back, removed Heather's body from the fire pit, then chopped her up with a chainsaw. Because that's normal. Yeah. And for those of us that are aware of the cremation process, the fire on a fire pit would not be hot enough for what you would need to try and burn up a body. You just, you can't, you can't do it. It never works. Right. Walker said, I was still pissed off the next day, took her over there and cut her up, fucking dumped her like a piece of fucking meat because that's what I was treated like. That's what she was treating this other person like. And I don't give a fuck what he was doing. He might have done every bit of that. But where in the fuck was your part? Like I said, all the quotes, <laughs> all the footage. It's something else. Walker was put in the back of the squad car before agreeing to take police where the rest of Heather Young's body was. He said, I'll take you to where her body is, said Detective Rule, and he led us right to that location. Walker had loaded Heather Young's body onto his four-wheeler and brought her into a green field near an electrical tower. There is audio as Walker leads investigators through the tall grass to the place he left Heather Young in pieces, describing again what he did and why. She came in right away, blaming the guy. My wife did that to me, and it wasn't right. It wasn't true. I got the chainsaw and cut her up. I wanted her to pay like I paid for what my wife did to me. Once in the area, Walker stopped and pointed to a row of trees near a power line and said, So just inside the woods a little bit, and you'll probably smell her, and you'll find the parts. Ew. So, completely detached. Obviously feels no remorse. Right. And it's just, yes, there the body is. Not even where Heather is. You'll find the parts, is how he described her. Detective Rule said, we found the remains of Heather Young, charred and burned, cut up with a chainsaw, a whole body there. There's probably 10 or 12 pieces. He had been trying to tell people that he had visions of burning people, lighting people on fire, and I enjoyed it. That was the quote. And I believe, had we not caught him, this could have happened again. Like I said, I just went through it with my wife. She's lucky she's not around because she's on my list. She was next, Walker is quoted as saying. Good God. So, yeah. he, t- he Imagine totally... being that wife and hearing that or reading that. Yeah. Just to know that you were very close. If he hadn't been caught. Been caught. Yikes. Walker told police he went into a rage and pleaded guilty to the second degree murder of Heather Young. He showed no remorse and was proud of what he did and even stated that in court. At a sentencing, he said... I'm by no means sorry about what I did. Well, now when I was given the opportunity to follow through with something that I've known for some time I'm capable of doing, it felt great. I feel vindicated because of it. I've never felt better in my life. The fact that it happened to this particular individual was because, number one, she reminded me of my ex-wife and other women I've been with, a liar and a whore. (laughs) He says this in court in front of her family. Lovely person. Yeah. When it was her turn to speak, Heather's mother, Gail, said, I hope you live in misery and pain for the rest of your life, and you will be every prisoner's little Susie. (laughs) In an interview, interview, Gail said, meaning, in reference to that, she said, meaning that 
I hope you'll be very popular in the shower with all the guys. <laughs> She's hoping that he drops the soap every time. Yeah. Uh, the next was her uh, Heather's father. He's standing there with a smirk on his face. That's not right. And they need to get the death penalty back into Michigan. Heather's father, David Dentler, said, I want to kill him so bad. I can't hardly sleep at night thinking about my daughter. And at one point, one of her family lunges at Bretton Walker because some of the stuff he's saying and it's making her so mad that he's just saying this in court that a bailiff basically, you know, she doesn't actually reach him or anything, but she she lunges toward him. The bailiff sees it coming because he sees how mad she's getting. So normally you'd be, you know, held in, I don't know, held contempt or something like that. But the judge decided he's not going to do anything about it. Like they didn't press charges on her or anything. They were basically like, yeah, (laughs) it's fine in this case because this guy is just openly admitting, you know, he's not sorry. He's glad he did it. He calls her a whore in front of her family. Bretton Walker pled guilty to second-degree murder and a felony firearms charge and was sentenced on June 12, 2017, to 45 to 70 years in prison for the murder charge and two years for the firearms charge. Walker's earliest release date is August 8, 2063, when he would be 102 years old. He's currently serving in the Richard A. Hanlon Correctional Facility, a level 2 facility located in Ionia. Um, some of that was from the MDOC site, and a lot of that was from True Crime Daily. Had a huge story on that, and a lot of video. So, I recommend that if you're interested in seeing any of it. Oh, wow. Now, with mine, it's not a lot, but it's a lot in the same sense. I There wasn't that much... That I could really go off of. It was just mostly like Wikipedia. And like one other thing. That I could find mostly like. Because everything was basically the same stuff. Um, This is on Anthony Guy Walker. A career criminal. With a series of convictions. For violent sexual offenses. Walker's first admitted murder. Was that of 24 year old Arlene Salcedo. In 1975. Her decomposing body was found on September 22nd, 1975, in a field two miles south of Blissfield. The cause of death couldn't be determined, and the case remained unsolved for quite a long time. Later that year, Anthony was arrested for kidnapping and raping a woman in his hometown of Adrian. The kidnapping charge was dropped but he had pled guilty to second-degree criminal sexual conduct and received just a few years' imprisonment. Wow. Yeah. In early January 1979, he was paroled, which you will find out in the case of Anthony Walker happens way too often. Uh Uh-oh. On January 15th, while looking for a house to burglarize, Walker set his sights on a small house on West Maple Avenue in Adrian where 24-year-old Puerto Rican immigrant Yolanda Torres Madison and her 11-month-old daughter Jessica were living, and as well as where 19-year-old Teresa Carey, a friend of the Yolandas, was visiting at the moment. 
Sensing an opportunity, he broke into the home, tying up and beating both women before shooting them. After stealing valuables and money from the house, he set the house on fire in order to cover his tracks. Can't talk. Tracks. <laughs> Which caused 11-month-old Jessica to suffocate from smoke inhalation. Oh. Francisco Tito Torres, Yolanda's brother, later went to the house and sensing something was off, began to pound on the front door since nobody was answering. When he noticed the smoke, he called the fire department who managed to put out the fire. After examining the site, the bodies of the three victims were found. An autopsy determined that Yolanda and Teresa had been killed before the house was set on fire and that Jessica had died as the result of it. Mm-hmm. Despite the severity of the crime and the outrage from the local community, there wasn't enough evidence to convict anybody at the time, and the case went cold. In what was believed to be a drug-related crime, Walker was paid $2,000 by an unidentified man to kill 28-year-old Floyd Beatty on March 1st. Oh. Yeah. The following morning, Beatty was found dead near the back door of his home in Manchester. Months later, in September, Walker approached a trio of high school students who were skipping school in Adrian. Claiming to be an off-duty police officer, he ordered them to get in his car and then drove to his house. There... See, and this is where I get kind of thrown off, because from what I'm reading, it was saying there was where he attempted to assault one of the girls, but he had ultimately decided not to, hmm. and that he then drove all of, all three back down to the downtown area and safely dropped them off, but that he was later arrested and convicted of assault, receiving 10 to 15 imprisonment term. But if he had only... Like, attempted and then just decided against it? Why would he be arrested for assault if he hadn't actually done it? And people yeah. were like, and, and what threw me off too is it said that he attempted it, but that he decided against it. You either did or you didn't. Like, there is no, like... Yeah. But <laughs> that's where I was, like, thrown off a lot. <laughs> like, um, I, I only kind of did. I started to. Well, the starting to still counts as the assault. Right. <laughs> That part. He ended up receiving a 10 to 15 year imprisonment term as a result of being a hib uh, habitual offender. In 1986, while imprisoned at the now closed Southern Michigan Institution near Jackson, Anthony paid another inmate to kill 40 year old Daniel A. Staggs, a convict serving a life sentence for armed robbery. Which to me, why? Like, you've obviously killed people. Why are you paying somebody else to do it? A. You probably insulted him or something. You got in some fight, and I don't know if that would be like a power move where you get in trouble for it because I don't want to. Because then he wouldn't, you know, when he's killed, they find out you did it as prisoner. You then get charged with murder while in prison, so then you're just never going to get out. So he probably thought, I'll get somebody else that's doing life already. To do it for me. True. Staggs' body was later found in the prison cell block four. Uh, cell, cell block four. Stabbed to death. His killer, though, was never identified. Mm. And is now supposedly believed to be deceased. So that's the thing. If, if you're able to kill in prison without 
anybody knowing that you did it. Why? Well, that was the 80s, right? Yeah. I don't that was know in that 86. Yeah, I don't know that their cameras would have been as good as they are now. Because now cameras are everywhere. Like Right. In June of 1993, Walker was released from prison. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Mm. A little over a year later, in December of 1994, he was arrested in Wayne County and convicted of two counts first-degree criminal sexual conduct. Shocker. Mm. And sentenced to life imprisonment with a concurrent 15 to 30 year term before he had a chance to pr- for parole. And I'm assuming it's because he's just not stopping. Like, he gets yeah. put in prison for like three years, continues. Put him in for 15 years or, you know, however long. Oh, 86. Let's see. looks like I don't know why I didn't put that on there but yeah I mean it's just you, you get a little bit of time you, you go longer and then you get out and you're still doing it yeah so at this point that's what they had given him in 2010 after technological advancements and discovery of additional witnesses Cold case investigators arraigned Anthony Guy Walker on charges of committing the Madison Carey killings. At his trial, Walker pled guilty to killing both women, but strongly denied setting the fire that resulted in young Jessica's death. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he just he just didn't want to be known as a baby killer is all it was to it. He didn't mind killing women. Yeah. He didn't mind assaulting women. He just didn't want to be known as a baby killer. Well, you did it, bro. You did it. In a shocking turn of events, he additionally admitted to committing. This is what's. <laughs> this is what had me too. He refuses to admit that he set the fire, but randomly, in a shocking turn of events, he additionally admitted to committing the Salcedo and Beatty murders. Oh, jeez. And for ordering Stags' death. Oh, yeah. What's to be so the big I didn't man? kill that baby, but let me give you three or four more people that I killed. Yeah. Why? It just, it doesn't make. It's got to be some, like, <laughs> I want to be tough kind of. Yeah. Since he's going back in, wants it to be known. Yeah, he doesn't want to be thinking, anybody thinking that he's weak for killing a defenseless baby. Yeah. But that's just it. He doesn't want anybody thinking that he killed somebody that couldn't defend themselves. It It just, <sighs> in exchange for his confessions... He was not prosecuted in either case. Oh. All right, then. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. basically like, I'll tell you I did it, but I can't get in trouble for it. But you're already going to prison for life, so why does that matter if you're charged or not? They probably didn't want to spend the money on it because of that. Right. Anthony Walker was convicted in the triple murder and sentenced to three life imprisonment terms, expressing no remorse for his crimes. So he he was prosecuted in the Madison Carey killings, the two women and the baby. But the extra ones that he gave, he wasn't going to be in trouble for <laughs> because he gave them information. Yeah. But I mean, you're getting three additional life and term uh, imprisonment uh, terms. So you're not getting out anyways. Yeah. 
it's just irritating. <laughs> he was sentenced to the three life imprisonment terms, expressing no remorse for his crimes. According to his attorney, Robert Jameson, Walker could be responsible for more than 30 murders across Michigan and potentially other states. Oh, geez. So apparently his attorney was talking, which I don't know how that would be technically legal. Seeing as like, but. Well, he's not giving specific information. And he didn't say he did it. He just said. He could be possibly responsible for more than 30 murders across Michigan yeah. and potentially other states. Anthony himself provided him with locations, dates, and descriptions of the various people he had killed, either when hired or choosing to do so of his own accord. So he was like a hit, hit man kind yeah. of, but not... So basically, like, people he chose to kill and people he was apparently hired for... But again, why is this attorney saying this? Like, you're saying all this, but you can't give out any information. Like, why are you telling people, oh, he told me that he killed people. But that's all I could tell you. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Probably maybe more attention and more plea deals if he did tell. That's my guess. Right. Jameson went on to state that he was more prolific than Ted Bundy himself and had killed... Seven people before even entering adulthood. Ugh. (laughs) You're saying this, but you're not helping. Like, you're just... (sighs) Yeah. In 2015, Investigation Discovery broadcast a program dedicated to the case titling Rising from the Ashes. In it, it explored how authorities and prosecutors managed to build up a case against Walker for the Madison Carey murders. Huh. But it's just like, yeah. It's all a bit crazy to me how he kept getting released and then he kept getting a little bit more time and then released a little bit more time. And then just the admitting to some, not admitting to others. Then his attorney, like all of this is just, what? Yeah, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. Like, none none of it makes sense. (laughs) Other than he's an asshole. (laughs) Right. Oh, my dog's out there barking. (laughs) Well, your dog definitely has bones. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's out there. I'm outside! (laughs) Pay attention to me! What's what's that one TikTok with the person pretending to be the dogs? I'm outside! I'm outside, too. (laughs) All I can think of is, like, maybe your dog is getting an argument with, like, a squirrel. And it's like that other... What's your name? (laughs) You do exactly what I was thinking. That's so funny. I didn't even have to go further. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah, well, fuck you. (laughs) What's your name? Ezekiel. Fuck you, Ezekiel. Oh, what's your name? <laughs> it's just so funny. Do you, see, you see that over there? Don't you do it. I set that fire over there. Oh, and I fucked your mother next to it. <laughs> the whole, oh, I can just picture it now. 
Do you have any good news this week? Um, I'm trying to think of it. I had some. I got scheduled an extra day at work this week. So that's fun. <laughs> and I don't know. I just been kind of hanging out. Hanging out. Hanging out. <laughs> How about you? Any good news? Um my kids looking more and more like a hillbilly every day. I guess like <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll be cowboy Liam. Oh gosh. I I saw my friend. Um I, I mostly just really needed out of the house this weekend. And she's like, I gotta build this exercise machine. It's like a one of those weight machine things. And I was like, excellent. I will be there to help you. <laughs> so she's, okay. She goes, well, I have your birthday presents for you. Awesome. I'm on my way. So one of the things she gave me is this water bottle that this bottom part unscrews. And it's also a Bluetooth speaker. And it oh, lights wow. up to remind you hourly to drink water. <laughs> so I've drank, I've drank two of these water bottles today. Because <laughs> I actually remembered as it was lighting up. Oh, yeah, I haven't drank water in a long time. That that goes from like maybe eight ounces a day to two of these, which I don't know how many ounces this is, but it's it's way more water than I would usually drink. And Fancy also schmancy. And also the gift from you came, which was excellent. Yes. I'm just so glad you got it and then it came out good. You never know when you're buying stuff off like Etsy. Yeah. Or anything like that. You never know how it's gonna go. Yep. And so I love I'm really it. Excited. I I plunked it right on my front door <laughs> for everyone to see when I come up to the house. It's a quote from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's the the three questions. What is your name? What is your quest? And what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? <laughs> I had such a good laugh when I saw that. It's like, yeah, she needs that. Yep. It was perfect. I got rid of the old worn down math that was there that you couldn't even really read anymore. And it was so dirty and old. And I was like, Yes. Brand new. This is perfect. So, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Came at the perfect time then. Yeah. <laughs> and then just silence. You just had a moment. You know, you just had a moment where I, just, I, I look at the screen and you're going. <laughs> like mouth open, staring at a spot. Yeah. I was just thinking very hard. Everything else shut down. <laughs> everything yeah. shut down I went into everything thought mode sh- everything's just shutting down in the brain now yeah I, fr- I, I did I think I froze completely just staring <laughs> I don't even know if I was blinking oh I will say though okay I do have one good thing I was cleaning some stuff in my room some stuff because it's still a disaster in here and all of a sudden I came across two movies that I didn't even realize I had bought. <laughs> I had the newer Halloween that I told you about that happened in like, what, 2018 or 2016 or whenever that came out. And then I have the first three screams. And I and they're still in the packaging, plastic wrap, everything. 
And I picked them up and I'm like, when did I buy these? <laughs> you just completely forgot. These are like two of my favorite things. How did I not realize I owned them? But I was like, heck yeah, now I can watch it. <laughs> Passed you, got you a present, and then left it for you to find someday. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm going to keep it safe here. She'll find it one day when she's, uh, <laughs> when she's doing stuff. You know what? This is going to be a really great surprise someday. <laughs> then you can go, thanks me. <laughs> thanks, pass me. High five. Uh, I've always got my own back, I guess. <laughs> yep. Like, you know what? I'm going to get myself a gift. I'm going to treat myself in the future. Oh, goodness. I, don't, I wonder I if that's like, happy. that's a little bit like me with books. I'll have that happen a lot where something will go on sale on Kindle and I'll go, oh, yeah, let me buy that. And then I never read it. And it, it sits there. So I have books on my actual shelf I have never read and just staring at me in bookish guilt. And then I have mm -hmm. my hidden virtual one, which is like, I don't know how many books deep that I've also never read, but they're, they're away. I can't see them. <laughs> exactly that. Like I, same. Yeah. I can't feel the guilt because I forget they're there. Because if it's not in front of me, I don't remember it exists. And I see so many books. I have three bookshelves and so many that I haven't read. I do, I do have a lot there. I'm like, I should finish this one because I'll start it and then I'll go, no, I'm bored with this now. And I don't read it. I have one author. I've bought two of her books now. And this is two in a row where I just did not like the characters. I didn't like the writing. I didn't like... She's do, She does this weird, like, I'm going to push a message super hard. And I'm, you know, she goes all in. And I'm like, I don't need your message. It's a romance novel. Give me action. And then give me action. If you know what I mean? <laughs> so... <laughs> and I was like, it was mixing up too much with like, I don't need your messaging. Just, just I just want to read the book. I don't need a moral lesson every time I read. So right. I was like, well, I can't buy any more of her books now because that's two that I've started. And I just refuse to finish because I hate the characters so much. So she's dead to me now. She's dead to me. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. Thank you. And uh, come back and find us again. Be careful and watch out for the crazies. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. The music titled Teller of the Tales was provided by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incomtech.filmmusic.io.